Oh, what's up, Paranormies? I'm Zane. And I'm Kyle. And we're back. <laughs> every oh, time. Dude, but we say every time, every time. So I that's know, also so an every it time falls thing. right into it. <laughs> I understand that we're going to be talking about a spooky place that isn't the inside of my head today. Yes. Interesting. A sanatorium. Still the inside of my head. Yes. Is a sanatorium like an asylum? Are they the same thing? It eventually became asylum, an asylum, but I wouldn't consider... I think a sanatorium is more like... I think of sanitation, like they're keeping people... Who have coronavirus away from other people? Exactly. So was this like a like plague era, flu era, something yes. like that? Ooh. Uh, and we'll get into that. I'm so excited. So what we will be talking about today is the Waverly Hills sanatorium not to be confused with a certain disney property we can't mention out loud because we'll get sued right thanks disney right <laughs> not that one <laughs> although as i was typing it out that every time i type out waverly i would like oh this yeah it said disney <laughs> property by the way i'm a 26 year old man <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me you didn't watch that show i didn't i was busy mm-hmm. watching an intellectually stimulating shows like spongebob right Oh my gosh, Mike and I had this same conversation if like today. If you hate today. Spongebob, you're a Satanist. No, I love, I love Spongebob. Not that that's a problem. We've talked about that, but you're a Satanist. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're going back in time. Okay. And we're traveling to Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. The time is 1883. And this is, this is literally from the very beginning when there was nothing on this land. And then we'll go through the entire history of it. Are we, are we going to be on an Indian burial ground or anything no. like that? Nope. No, it is not on an Indian, Indian burial ground, but it is on a hill that overlooks the entire city of Louisville. Um, but we're going to talk about the man who purchased the land. His name is Major Thomas Hayes. Major Tom? His name is Major Tom. It really is Major Tom. Round control. <laughs> <laughs> so he purchases this beautiful plot of land overlooking Louisville. And he has purchased the land to build a school. The town was in need of a school for his daughters to attend. And so the original building was just a one-room schoolhouse. And the road was on is called Pages Lane. So the schoolhouse hired a teacher by the name of Lizzie Lee Harris, which, by the way, at this era, the name Lizzie is tied to quite a few different things. Lizzie Borden. Yes, that's the main one I'm thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert, Lizzie Borden. Spoiler. When I was in Boston, we drove down and went toward her. Um, her house. Oh, how creepy. It's actually really cool. (laughs) I'll put it this way. Um, Kyle likes to play with people's heads kind of like Lizzie Borden did. Maybe. Lizzie Borden puns. I've got them. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the teacher, her name was Lizzie Harris and she loved the school that she was teaching at and her favorite author was, um, Walter Scott. I love Walter Scott. And she had a great fondness for his Waverly novels. So she kind of gave the school a nickname and, and called it the Waverly School. Well, Major Hayes, or Major Tom in Zane's case, Major Tom <laughs> liked the name, and so he named the property Waverly Hill. Now, eventually, now the way Waverly is spelled is W A V E R L E Y, because teachers were literate back then. But eventually, they dropped the last e, and so it's just W A V E R L Y. Because teachers are literate now. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> but that's how it got its name of Waverly Hill. In the ni- early 1900s, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis. 
Um, but because the city sits along the Ohio River and is surrounded by wetlands, TB spread like crazy. Yikes. Yeah, which is interesting because it's actually an airborne illness. It's not a bloodborne illness because I would say if you're like in a swamp, yeah, you're going to get sick. Right. Absolutely. No, it's all airborne. But I, but it's more. Think of it like more humid, like an, moist air. Yeah. yeah gross. Okay. Exactly. I lived in the south. I understand. But it's a perfect incubation of the TB bacteria. In 1908, the schoolhouse was remodeled to become a TB hospital. Ooh, spooky. Um, so they remodeled it just a little bit so that it could fit about 40 to 50 patients at a time because they were needing to treat these patients in isolation um, because they were trying to isolate the disease. Unknown to them, they didn't realize it was, it was an airborne illness. Airborne illness. Thank airborne you. Airborne illness. They didn't realize it was an airborne illness. And so when family members would come and visit the patients, they would catch disease or carry the disease to the town. So it was, it did literally nothing. Right. Exactly. That is really creepy. Mm -hmm. But their main reason of putting it up on this hill was so that they could be outside in the open air. Okay. So there was, there was positive thought. Yeah, exactly. Because they wanted the patients to stay calm. You never hear about that. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And they wanted to be able to work through the recovery. So Um, it was, it was, it'd be more akin to like a, like a rehabilitation center. Yeah. That kind of the feel. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So because Censuses didn't go back far enough. We don't know details on how many, like, percentages of how many people died with the outbreak. So no death rate. No death rate this time. But it had to have been pretty high. Um, In fact, I'll get into some more detailed numbers a little bit later. But, again, there's no census to back that up. However, so one reason why they picked this hill specifically to house the hospital for tuberculosis patients was... Most tuberculosis hospitals were built on hills. And I'm thinking because of that, the reason they did that is because there's so many uh, or there's so much clean air up there. So hang on. Clean air. let Let me see if I can understand this. So essentially, was their thought process like the higher you are, the cleaner the air is? Well, I think so. So I think they were going up and getting them away from the city so they could breathe in clean air because tuberculosis attacks the lungs. Is it like bron- it's a bronchial disease, something like that? Or? I don't believe so. Because later on, I'll talk about different techniques they were trying to do to patients to help cure tuberculosis. But I think it basically collapses the lungs. Okay. Because my So I actually have had tuberculosis before. Um, if my understanding is correct, it's very it's similar to pneumonia. Um, mm-hmm. And it can, it can, it like stems. And I could be totally wrong. If we have any med- medical people in the house... Please tell me what a moron I am in the comments section <laughs> below. But um, my understanding is, once again, I could be wrong. It's essentially like pneumonia changes into bronchitis, changes into tuberculosis. But I could be totally I could, wrong. Yeah, there. I could see that. When I looked up tuberculosis, because I mean, I've always heard of tuberculosis, but I didn't know what it was. I knew it's in old movies. That's about it. Yes. And they actually use it in cancer treat- treatments, specifically bladder cancer. I know that because I have a family member who's going through those treatments. I can't make a joke now. Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Ruin my fun. Sorry, you can say whatever jokes you need. But the reason they shoot actual raw tuberculosis into the bladder is because the bladder is an exit area. And so tuberculosis attacks the growing cancer cells. Interesting. That's super weird. Okay. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, there's still a lot of science that needs to happen for it 
to be more prominent, but and so it's still kind of in the beginning stages, but it's actually working for the family member that I have that has it. But remember, if you vote for Joe Biden, he's going to cure cancer. <laughs> he said so. He did. You know, he's the only candidate other than Vermin Supreme who has told us he's going to do that. So, <laughs> But bringing well, it back. So right, they, jumping they, back. <laughs> they built this up so on a built, hill. Yeah, so they were all built on hills. I'm wondering if it's because they wanted to help them breathe better because their lungs were collapsing, basically. Well, I'm not picturing Louisville as being particularly smoggy. It's not Pittsburgh. Like, no. Uh, but, interesting. I mean, I think because it had been discovered in other towns that that was working, they just decided to do it here as well. They were going to just give them every advantage they could. Yeah, Fair exactly. Enough. So the tuberculosis hospital was completed in 1910 um, because the disease was spreading so much that the tiny hospital was overcrowded. So they had built this hospital to fit 40 to 50 people, but it was overcrowded and they had over 140 people crammed in this building. How big do we know how big this thing was? Like how like many rooms squares, it had? Square rooms? I don't know. Or square feet? I have no idea. Our bodacious information finder Stella is looking it up <laughs> as we speak. I, honestly, there there's no information. There's no I rooms? looked at three different That's websites crazy. and it wouldn't tell me. Because like what I'm picturing is people crammed into the rooms like you see like circa 08, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's craziness. So they have 140 something people. 140 people cramped. Now, I know that they had tents and stuff as well. So yeah. I'm sure that they had as many people crammed inside <clears throat> the building as possible. Plus people out in, in tents along. Okay. So by the time this thing's complete, it's getting worse. Yes. Okay. So once people were admitted to, they called it the hill. Once they were admitted to the hill, the patients became permanent residents. Although families could come and visit, um, they would still, uh, you know, visit on visiting days. They would still go back into the town carrying this airborne disease with them, which would cause more people to be sent to the sanitarium. And there was no logical knowledge of the fact that this is bad. No, they didn't realize it was airborne. They, I thought it was all done through. It was all like touching. Interesting. Passing by human contact. But obviously because of this, tuberculosis became an epidemic in the Valley station, pleasure Ridge park and other areas of Jefferson County area. Because of the large outbreak of tuberculosis, the hospital was overrun They didn't have enough space for patients. So in 1911, the city began preparations to build a new hospital for Louisville. So it was going to be it wasn't just going to be a a tuberculosis hospital. It was going to be just an all over brand new hospital. for. So they just finished one. Now they're building another one because there's way too many patients. They're already overflowing and more. They have more hospitals Mm -hmm. than the average town has Starbucks. Right. Um, So what they decided to do was in December of 1912, the hospital opened with a new wing for another 40 patients. This is their existing hospital. And in 1914, a children's pavilion was constructed to house another 50 beds just for kids. With tuberculosis or? Yes. Okay. So at this time, their known capacity was 130 patients and it's still growing. Spooky. Yeah. The goal was to build more and more buildings each year to accommodate the needs and more space. Uh, Not only were tuberculosis cases admitted, but other sick children were admitted and they didn't have they couldn't get the care that they deserved because of the lack of space. So there was no separation, which means that you're now admitting kids with other (laughs) issues who are essentially now getting tuberculosis. Yeah, I mean, we'll think Uh. of kids that probably have a horrible immune system and now you're putting them in in nasty. Yeah. Flu infested place. Exactly. That's disgusting. Um, So there eventually became needs for repairs of wooden structures, more space for patients, because there's always more space needed for patients. So they made a plan to build a five story building that would house over 400 patients. Construction on that building 
was started in March of 1924. And it was opened in October of 1926, so it took a little over two years to build. The conspiracy theorist in me wants to know if the government o- or the governor of the city owed something to the contractors of the city. I don't know. Because Possibly. like you're building something every like two years. Yes, but if you think about it, I mean, they ha- first they had a building that would house 40 to 50 people, and but they were trying they to cram 140. Bigger, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they're like, well, we need to plan for something that will house hundreds of people if we have to. So now they're on building three. Yes. Well, eventually they tore down everything else, but they had built this massive. And this is the structure that stands today, the five story building. Okay. Um, So the hospital was fully functional as a tuberculosis hospital until the introduction of uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Streptomycin, which is the cure for tuberculosis. Streptomycin. (laughs) There you go. Um, But it's it's not just a cure for um, tuberculosis. It has it has helped cure a lot of different diseases because it's just, it's an antibiotic. Cool. Um, so but, medical science increases, we start to lose problems mm-hmm, here. Yeah. Okay. But until, uh, until that had been introduced and people started, you know, being cured of tuberculosis, they were filled to the max 400 patients crammed into this building that housed 400 patients. And what year was this at this point? Like, where are we at? Um, well, the patients were in there from 1926 to 1943. So 1943 is when the antibiotic was introduced. And I can't even imagine the situation of the nurses involved. Can you imagine how overwhelming that would be? This is 17 years. That's Did insane. I do the math right? That yeah. means that there are kids being born that are about to graduate into the nursing field that were, like, not born when this whole thing happened. That's right? insane. Isn't that crazy? Um, so at that time, because there was a cure for tuberculosis, the numbers of tuberculosis started to drop. So now they didn't have to have a hospital to house 400 people. So they actually ended up closing the tuberculosis hospital in 1961 because their the work became obsolete. Um, so before tuberculo- there was a cure for tuber- tuberculosis, um, there were dramatic tests being done to help cure the patients. Are we about to hear some spooky electroshock style stuff? Yes. Oh, no. So this is why I think that tuberculosis just basically collapses the lungs is because one of the things they tried was they would put balloons into the lungs and then inflate them with oxygen to try and pump the lungs up to get them breathing like normal. I'm like, oh, that's not doing anything. So ask any fish. Swallowing balloons is not a good idea. <laughs> or or any crackhead or drug mule. They'd probably tell you all about how swallowing balloons right. is a bad idea. Right. But they would pump air into them to try and expand the lungs. Pop. Sorry. I had to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. It happened? I, well, I don't know. I'm sure it did. Oh, my god. But doesn't that sound terrible? Just think of what your lungs look like. Like, but they're no, not I'm a balloon. Good. No, stop. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. so nasty. Your lungs popping because they put too much. That is so screwed up. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That is so nasty. Another um, test that they did was they removed ribs to allow the patient's lungs to expand further for more oxygen. Are we sure lungs. this is not just secret testing to beat the Russians at being See, superhuman? and that's what... Uh, there's, but there's no documents. There's nothing to back up that this was actually tuberculosis testing. Well, my, my thought is remove a lung or remove a rib so your lungs can function for right? real quick. My lungs are functioning just fine without a removed rib. Right. Like, what the? 
<laughs> well, I mean, but if you think about it, if tuberculosis is just developing more and more into the lungs, it's taking up more space. So they want the lungs to expand more, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, but doesn't it attack like the innards of the lung? Not yeah. like it doesn't like make your lungs all swollen. What right. the heck? Okay. Right. Um, but this was seen as a last resort. Um, so it's not like it happened to every patient, but it actually did happen to quite a bit. Were these willing subjects or was this... I believe, I think they were willing subjects. Okay, that's um, fair enough. I mean, if you're most, willing to experiment. Yeah, I mean, most of them did not survive it, though. Well, yeah. So that's why it was a last resort. So those who had died from the disease were lowered into a tunnel where a train was waiting to take the bodies away from the hospital. Big old nope. Yeah. Big old nope. Legit, no. there is a tunnel underneath this building where they would load dead bodies onto a train to take them away. Okay. This is super spooky. They have the same thing in a hospital in Japan. Mm. That was used during World War II as a prisoner of war camp and where torture happened and where supposedly if you visit, plug, 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 you can go, you can actually hear the screams of the tortured soldiers to today. Oh, I'm sure. So the whole, I guess you could say like railway of death underneath the hospital thing Mm -hmm. was not a new innovation, but it was being used on soldiers. And if this is the 40s, probably about the same time. Oh, yeah. Super spooky. Isn't it? So one reason why they had kind of their, uh, they'd never called it a death tunnel, but that's kind of what I've been calling it. It's a death tunnel. That's because it's a death tunnel. Right. (laughs) But one reason why they had it was because they didn't want to be wheeling their dead patients. Oh, here's someone who's dead. And and then all their 400 patients are sitting there staring at the one person that they're wheeling away, you know? So I don't know. My thought is like, yeah, I see your point, but at the same time, there had to be, I'm going to paint a spooky image for you, at <laughs> okay. least a room close enough to hear the hatch opening and closing, or a room close enough to hear the railway car moving. Right. That is spooky. Right. Exactly. I completely agree. The most patients that died in a single year was 152 in one single year. Otherwise, over the years, there were about 6,000 patients that died at Waverly Hill. How many is, is that like a big number for a hospital? Do we know? Uh, absolutely. That's huge. Like, I just I think about people that just die like every day. You know what I mean? Natural causes. You might be in the hospital, but like they don't know that people die in their beds. That's super spooky. Yeah. Six thousand 6, people. Six thousand patients. Now, you do have to remember, though, this does go back to 1911 up to. Let's see. 1961 is when they closed up. Still 6,000 people, man. That's 50 years. Yeah, in in 50 years, that's over 100 people a year on average. Like, I'm just saying, from a Yelp or Airbnb perspective, (laughs) one star would not stay there. 100 people die here every year. Right. Although, if you're like me, you'd be like, oh, 100 people die there every year? We should go stay there. So Kyle found this murder house in the middle of the (laughs) desert, and he wants us to go stay there, and it's a fucking murder house. (laughs) No windows. Waiting for it to like start cackling in the middle of the night. I want to play a game. It's literally just a cinder block building with these narrow windows. They don't want people. I've been in a kingdom hall. There are no windows. Super nice people. Just no windows. It's true. After closing the hospital in 1961, it was quarantined. Oh, then renovated and then reopened as Woodhaven Medical Services in 1962. So wait a minute. They were concerned enough about what was in that hospital where people were being treated medically to quarantine it before doing before renovating it. Yep. Okay. Right. But they did renovate it. And in 1962, so just a year later, they reopened it. But under a different name, it's now, well, it was now. New name, new hospital. Beca- yeah. Woodhaven Medical Services. So it wasn't just a tur- tuberculosis center. It was a... All functioning hospital. Like a general hospital. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, five stories today in a hospital sounds about normal. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's actually a fairly large hospital even by today's Mm -hmm. standards. I mean, St. Mark's is what, three stories, four? Right. 
Now, it wasn't just a hospital, but it was newly renovated to become a nursing home, mainly, treating aging patients who had dementia and mobility limits. So we're going to put them all in the biohazard place. Yeah. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. They also housed the severely handicapped. What would <laughs> severely handicapped mean, though? I mean, maybe like cerebral palsy, something where you need twenty four seven attention. Yeah, we already mentioned that. dementia, but that's more of an aging disease. Um, I would say, like, if it was like a younger person, maybe somebody who's like, and and I don't use this term negatively, like somebody who's crippled, okay, like where they're incapable of of standard movement, that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think at that time it was probably considered like the kind thing to do to put them in an environment where they would have twenty four seven assistance. Mm-hmm. That maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I'm sure that's essentially what it is. It's people who needed assistance at twenty all hours of the assisted night. care. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Basically. Since closing in 1961, there have been many rumors of patients who were mistreated by the staff. Not only for the obvious, you know, rape, molestation, all that kind of stuff. The obvious. You know, all, all the regular stuff doctors do. <laughs> what the <laughs> <hell>? Kyle? <laughs> oh, not only the obvious. <laughs> Kyle's like, yep, all doctors are rapists. <laughs> what I mean is they were mistreated <laughs> by staff. Not just for the obvious things, because people who are mistreated by staff today, those are basically the accusations. So, but what you're saying is like mistreated, like this is some weird we're about to hear. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just the obvious, but as well as the experiments being done on them. Some of the reports have been false, but most have turned out to be true. Electroshock therapy was one of the big things that happened in those days. Big spooky. Budget cuts led to horrible conditions and, and patient mistreatment. Eventually, reports surfaced of the terrible goings-on at Woodhaven, including the overcrowding and the severe understaffing. The structure was closed in 1982 by the state of Kentucky because of patient neglect. So the state came in, saw the patient neglect, and shut the place down. Absolutely. Because Good job, it was state. so understaffed, yeah. Since then, the structure has been looked at and purchased by a few different people. There was talk of turning the old building into a minimum security prison for the state. Uh, this was dropped just because of different complaints about from neighbors in the in the area. Uh, it was proposed that it be converted into apartments, which I'm sorry, but there are a few things you do not convert into apartments. We've already learned. Um, Mortuaries. Thank you. I'm like, I know the word. <laughs> Mortuaries. Oh, honey, look, they've got a wonderful blood draining pit in the basement. Right. Um, prisons. Any land, and I'm sorry, this is going to be happening in Utah because they're moving the prison. As they should have years ago. Absolutely. But whatever they build on top of that prison ground is going to be haunted. Oh, no, dude. Definitely not. I'm we'll convinced see. of it. I, like, I don't know. I will agree with you that there are certain prisons, like certain things that should not be converted into apartments. Though. Right. Um, I'll uh, say this. I'll say mental sanatoriums, hospitals? mental yeah. hospitals, uh, nurseries, just as a key point. I'm sorry. Why a nursery? Dude, okay. Tell me you wouldn't be a little bit spooked out by that. Like, it just gives me the heebs. I don't know. It's kind a of... A nursery like a plant nursery? No, like a kid's nursery, you dingus. <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, where you go buy plants. Yeah, plants are scary. <laughs> I know, that's why I was like, what? No, but I will tell why you Why a nursery? This. So there was um, there's a house we were looking at for a while, and uh-huh. um, that we, we went to tour the house. We were actually like, oh, this is a really nice place. It's off on the hill. Then we found out that the previous owner used to dress up as a clown. Which I guess was appropriate in the 70s. Yo, or in that 2017. house was well-priced, beautiful location. And we didn't buy that house, A, because we were broke as fuck. <laughs> but also because clown ghost. 
Don't care who you are. Don't care what happened. Clown ghosts. Did the clown die in the house? The guy who dressed up as a clown? Yeah. Yeah, that boy died in that house. Okay, then I can understand Clown that. ghosts. <laughs> I can understand that. I want a ringtone that's just me saying clown ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the proposal to convert the building into apartments fell through. Good. In 1996, there was talk of constructing a statue of Christ inspired by the statue in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Okay. I don't know why, because it's not like it was a functioning hospital or anything at this time. Was this going to be state funds paying for this? No. Uh, the project eventually fell fr- fell through due to lack of funding. So there was actually a guy that came in, uh, a, a leader of some church congregation, and he was trying to get people to donate and fund for it. This sounds like the plotline to a Simpsons episode. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. We have in a mental hospital. We need to build something over the top of it. I think we should build a giant Jesus. <laughs> okay, but think about it. There's been like four million Simpsons episodes. It doesn't matter what story you tell. There's always going to be a Simpsons parody to it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, that just ruined my life, and I hope you're happy. Yep, I am very happy. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> the hospital was taken over by the elements and nearly destroyed. Vandals have come into the sanatorium, destroying a lot of the property. So it was just left abandoned? hmm Does someone own it? Yes, it is owned pri- by private investors at this point. Interesting. Uh, Waverly Hills became a local haunted house with teens breaking in and looking for ghosts. The homeless are looking for shelter, so they'll break in and stay in there. Crackheads. Yeah. Dude, that's just such a bad situation, too, because you have, like, people with addiction. I I do think it's a disease. So you have people going in there to shoot up, I'm sure, and, like, leaving needles around because they shot up. And then you have kids breaking in there to go do stupid shit. Like, Mm -hmm. and someone owns the property and nothing's being done about it? Well, we'll get to that. Oh, good. Because of all the break-ins and the different things that are people that are going in and out of there, even though it's abandoned, uh, rumors start to abound that ghosts haunt the uh, sanatorium. And uh, one of those is a little girl can be seen running up and down the halls on the third floor of the solarium. Come play with us, Danny. Yeah, but it's one girl, not not two. Come Close. play with me, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a little boy who is spotted with a leather ball. I don't know if it's a football, basketball, whatever, but it's a leather ball. Maybe he's just into that. Maybe. There have also been reports of an old hearse that appears at the back of the building dropping off coffins. There's also a woman with bleeding wrists who cry for help. Visitors report doors slamming, lights in the windows as if the power is still running through the building, and strange sounds and footsteps in the empty rooms. Now, I do want to make note here, there are videos on YouTube of people filming the building, and there's a light on in the sanatorium. I've actually seen that video. Did you watch the proper people one of it, I think? Yes, I was literally just going to say that. Plug, plug, plug. You should watch the proper people on YouTube. They're probably one of the only respectful, not the only, but one of the more respectful groups that does tour abandoned facilities. It's still illegal, but they do it in a way where, in my opinion, they're being as careful as they can, mm-hmm. not vandalizing anything, and they have a genuine respect for the places Absolutely. they go because they're interested. So thank you, proper people. Also, watch their channel. But I've seen it. It's really spooky, and if you don't mind me jumping in here, Kyle, um, in the video... <laughs> To narrate just a bit, they come up a flight of stairs, go around a corner, and there's a light just flickering. Like, like, like it's clearly on. There is power to the light. 
and it's above a wind. It's like above a door, like above an exit light, and it's just it's on. The light is on, and then they find more lights on, right? Yeah. If I don't remember, if I'm remembering I correctly, I think so. It's been a while since I've seen that video. So the question mark then becomes spooky haunted stuff, or just the property still has power, which is a possibility because back onto the proper people, there have been other places that they've gone to where the the place has been abandoned for 20 years, but there's still still power to the building. Like, like they were able like to the power GM on site. building, yeah. like power on computers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like the, there was another hospital where they turned on an old computer. I think so. Yeah. Maybe it's a hospital thing. Like they have that redundancy set up where there's like a generate, like a backup generator. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was shut down in the 60s. Right. Interesting. The most controver- controversial legend of Waverly Hills is connected to the fifth floor. There is a room on this floor. This room number is... Five oh two. <laughs> it is subject to rumors as the legend draws attention from curiosity seekers who have broken into the sanatorium. According to stories, this is where people have seen shapes moving in the windows, heard disembodied voices, and if, if the legends are true, seen people jumping to their deaths from the window now is the thought process there that these are like victims of the crazy trials that were being performed there on people or what what is that um well there's a two stories that are kind of tied to it a little bit um i do want to take note here though if you have seen american horror story asylum i think this is where they got some ideas for some stuff that happens in the storyline keep in mind some of this may be hearsay some of this might be embellished it's it's stories from third-party assets exactly So the story of room 502 states that in 18, excuse me, sorry, 1928, a nurse was found dead. She had committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture. She was 29 years old at the time of her death, unmarried and pregnant. All I can think is that is a hearty light fixture. But anyway, continue. Yes. Uh, Her situation and the depression led her to the decision. No one knows how long she had been hanging there before her body was discovered, but this is not the only tragedy to happen in room 502. In 1932, another nurse who worked in the same room jumped from the roof patio and plunged to her death. No one knows why she did it, or whatever may have been going through her head at the time, Uh, but many have speculated as to what was actually causing her to jump did she like pass room 502 on the way down or anything like that or is she jumped i believe she jumped from the balcony of 502 oh wow it says it said that there she was on the roof but that's the top floor and i believe most of the rooms have a balcony or at least a point to stand on what's interesting to me is that like oftentimes in horror tales we have this where it's like there's one room that's super haunted Mm -hmm. in in the uh the classic film by kubrick and the book by um King, uh-huh. you have in The Shining the room that's haunted. It's like room 308, something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, I think it's three something, 314. Yeah. I thought it was 1208. I don't know. But either way, it's so there's like this whole concept of haunted rooms. We see the same thing with the Cecil Hotel, plug, plug, mm-hmm. plug, um, where one room is specifically haunted. I mean, we've talked about ghosts before, Kyle. Yeah. Is there something? I mean, the only ghost we've talked about that could force you to do something is a demon, and that's when you ask it to basically join you. Mm-hmm. Um, could there be poltergeists afoot in this place? Do we have any kind of history there? Yes. In fact, I'll get into a story that I found online that leads to that. Oh, who is good at teeing you up, my friend? (laughs) You can thank me later. All right. Now, before we move on to that, though, I do want to take note here that 
The story that I told is that the nurse hung herself from a light fixture. But the light fixtures in that room at that time have been reported that they wouldn't support a human body. So, so it wouldn't my collapse. point that I said where it was a hearty light fixture, it was valid. Right. But then other people are like, oh, she hung from the pipes. Well, the pipes weren't added in until after 1932. Not to mention that they're not going to be exposed pipes, right? They're going to be up well, in ceiling panels. it's um, fire. Oh, fire pipes. Fire pipes. Well, like, Okay. And then people talked, okay, well, what about her hanging from the rafters? Well, the rafters aren't exposed in that room. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to debunk these myths. I'm not saying that they're completely false, but... They are far from accurate. Yeah, I mean, there are reasons as to why they might not be true. Because my thought was, like, it's it's a nice tale, but it might be something where it's just the kids of the neighborhood being like, right. you know, a nurse hanged herself in room mm-hmm. 502. But, I mean, think about it. It's a five-story building that's abandoned on the top of a hill that you can kind of see from every angle in the town. Of I'm, course, it's going to look I'm, creepy I, and I would have gone there, dude. Like, absolutely. If I lived in that town I was a teenager, you bet. Like, yeah. that's that's a really in fact, kind of cool concept. Maybe we'll make a road trip out there. No, we won't. We can't acknowledge <laughs> that we're going to do that out loud because that's a crime. But if we happen to post a video of it... <laughs> It was not us. Someone else sent it to us. It just happens to be on our channel and have our voices. Um, So different workers who have been working on restoring the structure still to this day report the same things. Voices, footsteps in empty rooms, doors slamming. Some have even reported objects thrown at them. Seeing apparitions. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And seeing apparitions in doorways and corridors and so forth. Is there... so? We didn't really talk about this in our um, our original podcast about ghosts, but I mean, we did a little, but when we have like shadows and things occurring, I've seen some video that I think is relatively irrefutable where I see a shadow right. where they slow-mo it and you see it for sure. Right. I, I've seen some spooky videos like that. Right. I have never really understood though, if, if a ghost is literally the impression of a human, you know, like something left behind. I don't understand why this hospital would have people hiding in the corners or things like that. Like, right. it doesn't make much logical sense. And I genuinely think that psychologically, being in a place that you feel like is haunted mm-hmm. makes you see things. I agree. Um, while I was doing the research on all of this, I came across a website called AmericanHauntingsInc.com where the author, and I feel really bad because they didn't actually state their name. So I don't know exactly who wrote this, but whoever's. Navigating that website and taking care of it, wrote this story. Excellent work. (laughs) Thank you. A dramatic reading of a story written by an unknown person heard by a person who works at AmericanHauntingsInc.com. It was literally a dark and stormy night. (laughs) Okay, yeah, can't keep that up. It was literally a dark and stormy night when we arrived at the hospital and it had been raining all day. I was looking forward to seeing the place, no matter what the weather, and not because I was convinced I would meet one of the former patients face to face. It was simply to experience the place for myself. By this time, I had traveled all over the country and had been to hundreds of places that were alleged to be haunted. I had felt just the same way before exploring all of them, so Waverly Hills was no different. To me, it was just an old spooky building with a fascinating history. The fact that it was alleged to be haunted simply added to the experience. I had long since abandoned the idea of expecting too much. We had entered the floor in what I believe was the center of the building. 
Behind us was a wing that I was told it was not safe to enter. Sections of the floor had fallen, and this area was off-limits to tours and visitors. The strange thing about it was that both of us clearly heard the sounds of door slammings from the other part of the building. I can assure the reader that it was not the wind either. The wind was not strong enough that night to have moved those heavy doors and clearly sounded as though someone was closing them very hard. When I questioned my friend about who else could be in there with us, he explained to me about how unsafe the floors were in that section. I investigated on my own and determined that he was correct. There was no one walking around in that part of the fourth floor. I switched off my flashlight and we walked down the corridor using only dim ambient light from outside. The hallway runs through the center of the building and on either side of it are former patient rooms. Beyond the rooms is the porch area that opens to the outside. It was there where the patients were placed to take in fresh air. There was no glass ever placed in the huge outer windows, which left the interior of the floor open to the elements ever since. On this night, the windows also illuminated the corridor, thanks to the low-hanging clouds that glowed with the lights of Louisville. We walked down through the dark and murky corridor, and I began to see shadows that flickered back and forth. I was sure that this was a trick of the eye, though likely caused by lights or the wind moving or something outside. But where the corridor angled to the right, I caught a look at something that was definitely not a trick of the eye. In order for the reader to understand what I saw, I have to explain the hallway ahead of us. It continues straight for a short distance and then turns sharply to the right. In the early 1900s, most institutions of this type were designed in this manner. It was dubbed the Batwing design, which meant there was a main center in each building, and then the wings extended right and left, then angled again so they ran slightly backwards like a bird, or bat, wings. Directly at the angle ahead of us was a doorway that led to the treatment room. I only noticed the doorway in the darkness because there was a dim light from the windows beyond it that had caused it to glow slightly. This made it impossible to miss it since it was straight ahead of us. We took a few more steps, and then, without warning, the clear and distinct silhouette of a man crossed the lighted hallway, passed into the hall, then vanished into the room on the other side of the corridor. I got a distinct look at the figure, and I know that it was a man and that he was wearing what appeared to be a long white drape that could have been a doctor's coat. The sighting only lasted a few seconds, but I knew what I had seen. And for some reason, it shocked me so badly that I let out a yell and grabbed a hold of my friend's jacket. I'm not sure why it affected me in that way, but perhaps it was the setting. The figure's sudden appearance, my own anxiety, or likely all of those things. Regardless, after my yell, I demanded that he turn on a light and help me examine the room the man had vanished into. After my initial fright, I became convinced that someone else was on the floor with us. My friend assured me we were the only ones there, but he did help me search for the intruder. In an empty room with only one way in or out. There was no one there. Whoever that figure had been, he had utterly and completely vanished. I doubt that I was the first person to see this mysterious apparition in the fourth floor, and it's unlikely I will be the last. However, this sighting put Waverly Hills into a unique category for me that I will firmly state that I believe it is haunted. Unusually, for me to do that, I must have my own unexplainable experience that goes beyond a mere bump in the night, or spooky photograph. In this case, I actually had seen a ghost, and at that time, I could count the ghost sightings I had had on two fingers. 
<laughs> okay, so Kyle, couple of thoughts here. Yeah. Um, first off, a lot of this feels fake to me. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Yeah. A lot of this, having read through it pretty thoroughly, feels like it's somebody who's trying to get more views on their blog post. A lot of these are very, very cliche ghost sightings. Uh, I mean, the guy walking across the hallway in a white lab coat. First off, if it's ghosts, sure, it could be wearing one, but it feels really, really contrived. I agree. But I also think that if you're in a building, even if you don't expect something like that to happen, your mind starts playing tricks on you. Like, But a lab coat that specific? Yeah. But why would there be a ghost of a doctor there? Did he die there? Like, you know what I mean? I would think it'd be a patient. That, that yes. was my thought. And also, the other the other thing is, I it feels like she's, I don't know if it's a she, it feels like the author in question is, like, trying to set me up for a jump scare the whole yes. time. This feels like a script. Like, yeah. especially when you talk about darting shadows and we turned right. off our flashlights. Okay, why? Yeah, why I don't understand that. Flashlight? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. That doesn't make sense. That's that's horror movie material at its yes. campiest. Yes. I'm going to say debunked. I'm going to say this story is cute, but debunked. I think so, too. And what's interesting is when I was looking it up, there were most of the horror stories or the ghost sightings and everything. It's all just hearsay. There's nothing. There's no stories that back up any true horror other than the possibility of some of these tests that were done on patients the problem i have with it is that there's no running ghost here there's no this is the ghost that consistently appears at the stroke of midnight with a red lantern there's right. a bunch of random very contrived mm-hmm. very horror film style ghost sightings here now don't get me wrong that place has bad vibes 200 percent right. that i would not want to live there but right at the same time i feel like all of these are pretty Standard ghost fare. Yes. Now, do I believe that there's possibility of ghosts being in this building? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Mainly because that one room that the light turns on and it's actually caught on film that it's on. I'm, I'm going to say that that's not ghosts, though, because it's a thing. City power grid is not ghostly as far as I'm aware. And I, I, we've seen it. We've mentioned it. We've seen it in other buildings where the proper people are visiting. Like, yeah. Yes, I I get where you're coming from, but why is it off during the day, but then it turns on? Because people have gone there during the day and the light's off. I think it's because it's an emergency breaker. I think it's hooked up to some kind of emergency system. Think about when they used to turn uh, okay. off all the lights at your school. And then they're just there the was a few lights. that stayed on. Yeah, that's or true. Or timed lighting, or even potentially just a time when, for some reason, the city power grid is attached. I like. I think that there are plenty, mm. and I'm not an electrician, so I could be totally talking out of my butt here, but... <laughs> I, I think there are plenty of logical reasons that the light is on. Spooky, yes. Ambiance creating, yes. Ghostly, no. Yeah. I think that they should still renovate the building. I mean, this is the one thing that's sad about abandoned buildings is they're just sitting there. Like, what else are they going to do? I think abandoned buildings have kind of a beauty to them, but I think dystopianism is kind of cool. My issue with it is that it's a safety and a health hazard. Teenagers and 26-year-old men who make podcasts about paranormal things are drawn to these things. Absolutely. And my my issue with it is that, especially because you have people that are shooting up heroin, or, you know, maybe, maybe not even that, but people doing things that are dangerous to themselves. Right. And if you are doing those kind of things, there is help. You're a good mm-hmm. person, and you deserve love. But, um... You know, that that's just a dangerous place for people that are wannabe urbex explorers. Yeah. It's just a bad situation. And especially if it's that big, there's a lot of opportunities for people to fall through floors, hurt mm-hmm. themselves. No one knows you're there. You know, there's opportunities for kids to do things they shouldn't, make mistakes they shouldn't, make life-altering changes they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad situation. And if you own the property, you should be held accountable for that. 
Yes, and the because the it's owned by private investors at this point, they actually rent it out every Halloween. That's actually really cool. And there's a standing haunted house that you can go actually tour. I can't decide if that's disrespectful or kind of dope. I think it's actually pretty cool. Think of what's in out in the Twilla Hospital. Yeah, but Twilla Hospital, old insane asylum slash sanatorium where 6,000 people died. There's a bit of a difference there. It's like saying, look at this dinghy where somebody fell off and look at Titanic. Like, I, I just. Yes, but not all 6,000 people died at one instance. It was the, over the course of 50 years. I don't, I don't years. need them to, to Thanos <laughs> out of existence. I'm just saying 6,000 people died there. I Yeah, I get what you're saying, but comparing it to like the Titanic where it was a ma- major tragedy that all happened at once. As, as opposed to the deaths to, of 6,000 people to tuberculosis? Yeah. I mean, it's a hospital. No, I'm making a point. People still <laughs> died, Kyle. I know, but it was... I, I The point I'm making is it was a hospital. You can't have a hospital without people not dying in it. That's, but I, I feel like it's the sheer number, though, and like kind of the... The, the fact that it was due to a disease. I don't know. For me, it feels disrespectful. But at the same time, that's it, it, it's kind of dope. It's actually kind of cool. I like that they do it. And, and you can still actually go tour the building. They actually have legit tours, ghost tours that go through the building. But at Halloween time, they actually like I hate myself for saying house. this, but I would definitely go to said haunted house. But at the same time, I mean, that's like the, that's fact, the grave site, not the grave site, but the tombstone of people. I don't uh, know. On the actual website, you can buy tickets already. <laughs> If if I was going to fly somewhere, it would not be there. Why not? Because airfare is expensive. The coronavirus exists and I don't want to go to a <laughs> state that is landlocked if I'm going to pay money. Yeah, I don't know. We could go spurlunking while we're there. Spurlunking? Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing that's on my never do this list. <laughs> okay. Yo, I'm a mountaineer. I go above ground. The idea of dying below ground with no one able oh to gosh, find yeah, you. terrifying. Okay, also, I don't know why, but I have this image in my brain, and it's very vivid, of spelunking. This happened to me when I was a little kid. I've never spelunked in my life. I've explored lava tubes. That was cool, because I knew cool. the way out, and I knew I wasn't going to die in there. Right. But I had this dream as a little kid where I was in this really creepy tunnel that was, like, eerily lit, had a headlamp on, and I came around a corner, and it was a recurring dream, and... I would come around the corner and I'd wake up right if this happened, but I would like see this like black amorphous creature that was vaguely humanoid, but only its outline. And it was kind of shiny, like it was covered in oil and it was looking back at me. And then I would wake up and I would have this dream maybe once a year, something like that. And it was always just really short dream. It was like walk down tunnel, take a right spooky ghost thing at the end or spooky monster thing. And like it turned me off to spelunking without ever doing it. I don't want to go super deep into the caves, but I do want to go. What she said that is. <laughs> I knew it. Um, but like, I just, I don't know, dude, spelunking, we need to find some haunted caves or something and talk about them, but your boy stays above ground. So <clears throat> on the actual, the real waverlyhills.com, it's the the actual website for Waverly Hills. I just pulled it up real quick and all the money that's used from the tours, the haunted house fundraiser, they're all fundraisers. They're trying to gain money to restore the building. Cool. To what? I don't know. It just says to restore the building. Um, save but they the have, building to save the building. <laughs> <laughs> they have um, paranormal tours, historical tours, a six-hour investigation tour, an eight-hour private investigation tour, the haunted house fundraiser, and then they actually have a Christmas laser light show, which now makes sense why there's power going to the building still. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you pay more, you get the Ultralux private eye tour. 
I love the the title of our podcast is Pair of Normal Guys, but yeah, we kind of just sit here and tear, tar, tear apart paranormal, paranormal stuff. stories. <laughs> we didn't say we had to be it. I'm just saying you become the thing you hate. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. The whole point of this is this is labeled as one of the most haunted buildings in America, but I don't think it's really that haunted. I'm, I'm not getting haunted vibes, man. I'm getting no. it's an old building where people died. Granted, you turned it into a spooky house, right? But I feel like the what's the story that I told when I was talking about the Warrens, um, the, the haunting in Connecticut story. Oh, oh, oh the house where oh, they sure. moved into the the morgue morgue house. That's far more terrifying to me than this. I think this is the thing when I think of most haunted and this is just my opinion, having to quote every anti-vaxxer ever done my research um, <laughs> and every flat earther, you're all wrong. And I don't care if you stop listening to us. Um, what about hollow earthers? They can go join the mole people. <laughs> All of them. Please, go join them. Okay. You, out of the gene pool now. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. I feel like when I picture most haunted places, it's places that people go looking for trouble. Where you know some bad stuff went down there. There have been repeated sightings of at least one ghost that's consistent with, like, the standards we've come up with for ghosts or the standards of something else. It has Mm -hmm. a consistency to it. Mm -hmm. Those are places I consider most haunted, where you know that it's going to happen. Um, Because haunted can be really, really general and super, super vague occasionally. Um, Like, one of the most haunted places on Earth is the White House. Like, so it's supposedly haunted because there was slaves that died in there. There have been, you know, presidents have died there. But this is the thing. By that definition, (laughs) like, everything is haunted. Someone has died everywhere. So when I think of the most haunted places, they are places that are intentionally used for demonology. They're places where Ouija boards are consistently used or pagan rituals are performed. Um, We've talked about this before. There's a difference between pagan rituals and Wiccans. Right. Um, just to be very clear, but like, I, I don't know, this doesn't strike me as haunted. Like, I'm sure that we'd get the spooky me vibes, either. but it'd be like, we got the spooky vibes because we went to a spooky place at night. Right. But I think ultimately for a building to actually be haunted by a spirit that used to be living. Now, this is just a theory. There's no science behind this. Because once again, we're talking about ghosts. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Because our bodies are so full of different chemicals at any given time that if somebody were to die in a home in the grips of fear, let's say spousal abuse, I mean, whatever it could be, your body releases those chemicals into the home. And so when, if you and I were to walk into that building and those chemicals that are causing that reaction in the person who was a victim there were released into the home or to the room, our bodies react to those chemicals. Does that make sense? I'm I'm of a different mindset, but I see sort of where you're coming from. So without and, and getting like to, I said, there's no literally no science that backs this. It's just a theory that I had. Without getting overly mystical spiritual here, um, I personally believe that we all exist on the same plane as ghosts, um, if there are such a thing. Okay. And I think that we feel the presence of a ghost in a place where they felt comfortable. And if there's a malevolent presence, it's because they didn't want you there to begin with. You're an unwelcome trespasser in a ghost's home. It's why okay. when you find abandoned structures, especially ones out in the desert, which mm-hmm. are my favorite to find, oftentimes there's an unwelcome feeling. And it's because that's someone's home that was a hermit that didn't like people and doesn't like the fact that you're there. Right. Um, so that's my opinion on, on the straight version of ghosts, as we've talked about them. Just, you know, ghosts, not poltergeists, not gray ladies, not nothing 
no orbs, nothing like that. But I, right. I think of them as people existent on the same plane because I think that they would go where they're comfortable. For instance, if I were to die, I'd haunt the mountains or I'd hunt Kyle just for fun. Yeah. But um, and I will know it's Zane and I will yell at him. I will mess night. with your head, son. <laughs> I will tell you the ending to every show before it's over. Oh. No, never mind. I'll just Mike's move. already trying to do that with one of the shows that I'll I just watch. hide your left shoe. That's all. I'm, I'm going to hide every left shoe you own <laughs> in the order that you need them. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I, I think that if if I was going to judge this by that kind of scale, sure, you're going to come into rooms where there's an imprint of something terrible that happened. The only thing I can think of in this whole relatively spooky story is the the scientists performing experiments. But once again, we don't know whether they were sanctioned, they were unsanctioned, whether right. the patients were willing or not. Right. Obviously, the clickbait way to do it would say they were unwilling patients, but right. we don't know. Right. And so while we know electroshock therapy doesn't work, we don't have a ghost that's an electroshock therapy patient. We don't have a haunted electroshock therapy room. Right. I think that this is the imaginations of a town run amok. That's what I'm going to say that this is bottom line. I completely agree, sadly. But it was great researching it. But no, Kyle, I appreciate you looking this up. So, listeners, let us know if you like this. Kyle actually bought a book um, about the most haunted places, and we're going to be going over a lot of these. Yeah. Um, some of them are actually haunted. Some of them are, as we've decided today, Interesting, well, if maybe not haunted. Well, what's kind of nice is a couple of them we've already talked about, like it mentions the Amityville house in there. So, Kyle, my consensus is this, and I want to hear yours. I'm going to say interesting, not haunted. That's what I'm going to say about this place. What do you Agreed. think? Agreed. Okay. Interesting, but not haunted. I, I think maybe spooky. Yeah. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it. But maybe we'll find something a little bit more haunted next time around. Let's hope so. So, listeners, you have been warned. <laughs> So thank you for doing all the research and thanks for getting the book, Kyle. I'm excited to hear more about this. Um, if you have a haunted house or a place that's colloquially haunted near you, we'd love to hear about it. Please reach out. We're more than happy to research it. Or if you have a firsthand experience, feel free to send it to us. I'm not saying we'll put it on because sometimes they're just not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but we would like to hear from you. We always appreciate your feedback and we would really like to hear some spooky places that are near you. Yeah. In the interim, I've been Zane. And I've been Kyle. You've been listening to Paranormal Guys. Don't trust the voices in the corner of the room. And just because the power's on doesn't mean it's haunted. <laughs> To keep up to date on what's happening on the podcast, follow us on Instagram at Guys Paranormal. Also, if you have any stories you want to share with us, email us at pnormalguys at gmail.com.